Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello once again, everybody. Thank you for joining me here on this Friday, February 19th edition of ATS Radio. I'm your host, Adam Burke. Going to fly solo here today on what I'm calling a Freestyle Friday edition of the podcast. It talks to Major League Baseball, talks some NBA, some NHL, and some college basketball here to get you ready for the weekend. want to let you know that my 2021 MLB betting guide will come out on February 25th, six days from today. One first draft left to write of the team previews. That is the San Francisco Giants. Then I'll work on the first drafts of all of my futures pieces, go through the editing process, add, subtract, multiply, divide, whatever I have to do there in that guide. And then it will be published on Thursday. Individual pages over at ATS.io, a PDF that will have everything in it. I'll have page numbers, a table of contents. There's a glossary section as well with some important stats that you'll need to know as I break down these teams in these individual previews because there are some fairly advanced concepts in there. Now, I don't go as in-depth as I probably could or potentially should, but there are some things in that guide that you will need to know about things like weighted on base average, things like why exit velocity metrics are important, what hard hit percentage is, fly ball percentage, ground ball percentage, home run to fly ball percentage, stuff like that. So I will have a glossary in the early part of that guide right past the introduction. Then we'll get into some of the future stuff and, of course, all of the team previews. So that will be posted on Thursday, barring some sort of unforeseen circumstance over at ATS.io and When it is live, if everybody out there could do me a favor, please share it, like it, retweet it, read it on the site, read it in PDF form, whichever you prefer. I do put a lot of work, a lot of time, a lot of care and consideration into this MLB betting guide. I'm biased, of course, but I think it's the most comprehensive baseball betting guide that I know of. I'm very proud of the work that I put into it. And you know, look, it's also something that has fantasy baseball application for you as well if you're in those fantasy baseball leagues. And one of the reasons why I try to get it out with about a month's worth of lead time is because I know that people are going through their fantasy baseball drafts, do need time to read the guide, need time to sort of process their futures thoughts and all of that. So look, as always, things will change. There will be injuries. There will be things that are not accounted for in the guide that happen throughout spring training and throughout the month of March. And, you know, look, I'm just hoping that all of this year's work is not in vain like it was last year with COVID. Uh, But like I said, I'm very proud of this publication, and I hope that you're able to share it, like it, retweet it. And like I said, read it however it's most comfortable for you. And like I said, I'm going to try to, if I get the writing done early enough, try to format some sort of more interactive guide, you know, kind of a flip book online, something like that. So looking into those opportunities and options as well. Uh, But again, Thursday, the 2021 MLB betting guide, formerly under the bang, the book umbrella, now under ATS.io. Make sure you download the ATS app, which you can find in the Google Play Store or the Apple Store. 
full article integration from the website that will include my 2021 MLB betting guide, at least in terms of the individual web pages for the team previews. But that ATS app is also a bet tracker. It's an odd screen. It's a statistical database with lots of helpful handicapping resources. Tons of great stuff in that ATS app, which you can download today in the Google Play Store or in the Apple Store. Over at the website, picks and predictions in college basketball, the NBA and the NHL. Got some thoughts up for UFC and NASCAR for this weekend as well. The golf tournament going on. We preview golf every week. And we also cover some of the top sportsbook promotions in the business. DraftKings with a new bet $1, win $100 promotion through the end of the month for new users. You can read about that over at ATS.io. So to finish up the week here on ATS Radio, taking a look around Major League Baseball to start things off here with this Freestyle Friday edition of the show. And players are starting to report to camp now. Spring training has begun. Pitchers and catchers reported already. But you're getting some late free agent signings here now. You're getting teams putting guys on the 60-day injured list so they can free up those 40-man roster spots. We're seeing COVID cases as players are reporting, not hearing of anything significant yet, just some guys with some mild symptoms and all of that. But what do you want to watch for here over the first few days of spring training? I'll talk more about betting spring training next week when we get to it, but some things to watch for here early in spring training. Somebody like Jeff Zimmerman, contributor to Fangraphs, he tracks early velocity reports. So that's a good thing to take a look at and sort of see you know, how these initial bullpen sessions are going for a lot of these guys. Now, of course, keep in mind, things will be quite different this season because we're coming off of that 60-game year where starters may be maxed out at 60, 65, 70 innings, something like that. Relievers maxing out at 27, 28 innings at the most. So teams will probably bring their guys along maybe a little bit slower, a little bit more cautiously here early on in spring training. But you can check out those early velocity reports, see what those kind of look like. You know, as guys start to throw again, they'll get shut down with arm discomfort, elbow discomfort, a little bit of pain, stuff like that. Those are things that you may want to factor into the equation, especially when we're talking about season win totals or something like that, where, you know, nagging things early in the year, particularly necks and backs, wind up being pretty bad things. Pitchers are usually used to throwing through some kind of discomfort. You look at, uh, you you know, read things about MRIs after guys' careers are over. Their arms are just shredded. You know, guys are used to pitching through a little bit of discomfort over the course of the season. But if there is some early in spring training, they will err on the side of caution. And like I said, back and neck issues are things that, you know, I don't think get enough run. Everybody looks at elbows and shoulders, but backs and necks can be lingering types of things for a lot of these pitchers. So keep an eye on that via those early velocity reports. Jason Collette, who contributes a little bit to fan graphs, I think still used to contribute to baseball prospectus. He usually has a new pitch tracker to see what guys are working on. I assume he's doing that again here this spring training. If not, somebody else will pick up that mantle and run with it. Somebody like Alex Fast over at Pitcher List or something like that, where these are always interesting things to see what teams are trying to do in order to maximize the skill sets of their pitchers. And that may mean, you know, coming up with a new pitch, kind of taking away maybe extra usage on the fastball to throw a changeup or a cutter or something like that. So, Always interesting to look at those types of things with regards to pitchers. 
follow the beat writers, follow the people that have a lot of access and access will be quite a bit different this year because a lot of beat writers are not on site with the teams. There are certain protocols here in spring training where they're trying to keep these players as shielded as possible from the outside world so that they can start the season on time and all of that. So a lot of the beat writers and the reporters with access will be hearing things secondhand or be hearing it during Zoom availability or something like that. So their access will be a little bit different here early on in spring training. Maybe that changes as we get into the month of March. Who knows? But try to catch what the GMs are saying, what the managers are saying during these media scrums. You know, will they highlight things that their teams are doing different? You know, for example, maybe a difference in offensive strategy, a change to say, hit more fly balls. Or, you know, maybe you notice that a pitching staff has some guys working on sinkers or two-seam fastballs, something like that. Well, that's an organization that's actively trying to induce ground balls. These are all things that can have an impact on your handicapping. And the most important thing to do here, I would say, in February and March is to read a lot. Now, my MLB betting guide, personally, I believe is part of that. But read a lot because there will be a ton of information out there based on, you know, interpretation of spring training stats, based on injury reports, early velocity reports, new pitch trackers, uh, you know, what teams are doing sort of under the hood, you know, what they've done in terms of hiring at the minor league level with different coordinators and, and people that are going to express, you know, a unified vision or maybe bring data more into the equation for the minor leagues. There's a lot of content that's written out there. This is a very important time of the year for a lot of those beat writers and people with access because they want to drum up interest in the season. They want to drum up interest in the coverage of that team. They need to get those clicks. You know, their bosses want them to get those clicks. So they will be putting out a lot of content, a lot of good, useful stuff that will probably have some actionable intelligence to it as the season comes around. So, Again, right now you're laying the groundwork. You're, you're putting together a blueprint for the upcoming Major League Baseball regular season. And with that, that means researching. That means reading. That means writing. If you're somebody with a platform and there's something that you pick up on, share information with everybody. You know, all of us have the same goals when the season begins, and that's to make money. And if we can help each other do that, then that's something that I think is a really, you know, is a really good endeavor for all of us. So, Keep an eye out on all of the content that's out there. And as I said, I'll talk more about betting on the actual spring training games as they get closer to starting next week. Let's transition over to the NBA here for a little bit. And the NBA, not a market that we've talked about here a lot on ATS radio, but doing this Freestyle Friday show, got some thoughts for you here today. Teams in the NBA this season, 16 and 20 against the spread coming back home after four games on the road. Teams that come home as a favorite, 8-11 and 11 against the spread. Interestingly enough, after five games on the road, coming back as a home favorite, they are 6-5. and five. So that's just looking at four and five game splits there. But it is something that is pretty cyclical in the NBA. It is something that does come back around year in and year out. Last year, for example, teams that played five straight games on the road and then came home, were 8-16-1 against the spread in that home game. Teams that played four games on the road and then came home 30-42-2 against the spread. So pay attention to the schedule. I think there are some opportunities out there. 
over the long term, these are pretty profitable endeavors. Taking a look at, you know, teams coming back off of a long road trip, coming back home. You know, as we know this season, travel is very, very different. And when you get home, you can't really do anything. You know, your family has sort of been sequestered, for lack of a better term, at home. They have to be very careful going out, doing things, running errands, stuff like that. Everybody trying to be very protective here so that these seasons can keep pushing forward. But when you come back home, you know, you got to get back to the family thing. You, know, you got to get back to all the things that you're supposed to take care of, you know, outside of your professional career of being on the road, you know, going to team events and stuff like that. You get back home, you still got to do all that stuff, but on top of all the other obligations that you have. So usually when you come back off the road, things need to be tended to all of that. Usually a good opportunity to fade some of those teams coming back home. And there is one of those spots coming up here on Saturday that I will highlight in a couple of minutes. Overall this season, I thought this was pretty interesting. Teams that are playing a home game after a road game. Now, this is just after a road game. It's not necessarily a string of road games or anything like that. But teams coming home after a road game, 74, 90, and 3 against the spread this season, 45.1%. So teams off of a road game that are playing at home, whether they're favored or an underdog, 74, 90, and 3 against the spread this season, 45.1%. Also in those games, 90, 71, and 6 to the under. So I thought that was a pretty interesting stat there, particularly when you consider the fact that we're seeing a lot more three-point attempts in the NBA so far this season. So maybe totals kind of getting a little bit too high, maybe the value on the under to a degree. But again, I'm not a big trends guy. But in the NBA, I think a lot of these things are usually pretty reliable particularly because, you know, we get these schedule spots that tend to work out rather frequently just because of the nature of the game, uh, I guess I would say. So, you know, in the NBA, I think trends have a little bit more, they carry a little bit more water than I think they do in a lot of other sports. Teams favored in a road home back-to-back with no day's rest. So they play on the road the first night, they're favored at home the next night, Three and nine against the spread on the season. That stat will come up again here in a minute. As far as some interesting games here that I'm taking a look at, Friday night, the Jazz and the Clippers is a pretty intriguing game. Uh, These two teams just played on Wednesday. Utah won by 18. They won by 23 points in the second half. So they erased a five-point halftime deficit. The line on Wednesday was minus seven. The line tonight for Friday's game is minus four. Now, Paul George and Kawhi Leonard did not play on Wednesday. They're questionable for tonight's game. So that's why that line is kind of sitting there in that four range. Probably a compromise of, well, they're questionable. One might play, one might not. Both might play, neither might play. That line will absolutely move, of course, as we know the status of Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. But that line has been adjusted down a little bit with the chance that one or both of those guys play. But the Jazz here this season, 22-7 and seven against the spread. They have been outstanding for betters. We'll see if they're able to keep that up in tonight's game against the Clippers. Another game that's interesting to me tonight is the Warriors and the Magic. Now, the Warriors are laying five on the road at Orlando. They just beat Orlando by six at home last week. This is the first game of a road trip for Golden State. That's usually a pretty good spot in the NBA Did not run that query this morning. I apologize for that. 
but it's usually a pretty good spot because teams want to get that road trip off on the right foot. As I've talked about before, a lot of teams kind of strive to be 500 on the road and then win, you know, 65, 70% of their games at home. It's a lot easier to post a winning or a 500 road trip when you win that first game. So teams generally rally for that first road spot. You know, the travel and the jet lag aren't that big of a deal, not as big of a deal as they might be later on in that road trip. So this is the first game of the road trip for the, for the Warriors here. But, you know, the Magic played well in their first game back against the Knicks, played a very good second half after a little bit of a slow start. Don't know if I have a play here in this one, but given that the Magic just lost by six in Oakland, and they played pretty well in that first home game back. Kind of wonder if they're a decent look tonight, getting five points against the Golden State team that you know is starting off the road trip. You would think that they'd be kind of fired up for that, but also they just beat Miami in overtime, then flew cross-country down to Orlando. So maybe not the sharpest of Warriors teams tonight, kind of like the Magic plus five a little bit in that one. So I told you we had a spot here with one of those road home back-to-backs And that is the Chicago Bulls on Saturday night. The Sacramento Kings are starting off a road trip here. They're starting off a run of five road games in seven days. So an important game for them, a game I'm sure they have circled as the first game of the road trip. Also, they play Milwaukee on Sunday. They are probably not going to beat Milwaukee. I'm sure they're fully aware of that. The Kings and the Bulls, pretty comparable teams overall here so far this season. But Sacramento tonight just sitting there chilling in their Chicago hotel room. The Bulls, they have to play tonight, and they're playing on the road. So they come back home where I would assume the lines maybe pick them, Bulls minus one, something like that tomorrow night. So if they are favored, it falls into that spot that I just mentioned. Teams as a home favorite after playing a road game the night before, three and nine against the spread in that spot. So even if it's Bulls plus one, something like that, I think it's still close enough to apply for that uh, sample size that we've seen here so far. So I do like the Kings on Saturday night over the Bulls. And of course, we'll see what that number winds up being. The Heat and Lakers play on Saturday as well. And this is a rematch of the NBA Finals that we saw down in the bubble. LeBron, of course, taking on one of his former teams in the Miami Heat. The Lakers were not good against the Nets here uh, this week, last night. They've got a shot at redemption here against a Heat team playing its sixth road game in 10 days. Yeah, this is square. Yeah, this is chalky. But I think the Lakers want to make amends for that bad performance. And you've got a Heat team here that's been out on the road for a long time. I'd lay the Lakers number on Saturday night. We'll see what that number comes out as. I'm sure it'll be double digits or close to it. Uh, But I think it would lay that number with the Lakers here on Saturday. We move to another daily winter sport, and that's the NHL, where COVID issues seem to be a bit of a thing of the past now to a degree. The new protocols are working out well, and they've had some creative solutions here, and you have to give the NHL credit for that. They removed the glass from behind the benches, kind of increased the airflow, uh, you know, sort of doing whatever they can kind of to figure this thing out in what is typically a cold and dry environment inside of a hockey rink. You know, you don't want a lot of humidity or anything like that. So it's cold, it's dry. You know, they say that's kind of uh, you know a, a good space, a good environment, so to speak, for COVID to kind of spread. So they've removed the glass behind the benches, so they're trying to figure something out there. 
Also, I thought this was pretty interesting that they're using players that have had documented cases as buffers to improve distancing. So basically what they've done is kind of reconfigure the locker room to where if a guy hasn't had it, he sits next to a guy that has had it and they kind of space out the players that haven't had it, hoping that, you know, that immunity that you acquire from battling COVID in the past can help these teams sort of limit their outbreaks. So uh, that was a pretty interesting solution there. Uh, ESPN plus had a really good article about some of the new COVID protocols and all of that. So I thought that was a pretty interesting one. And maybe here so far, it is one that has kind of helped a little bit. But as far as some games here for this weekend, I got a few that I'm kind of looking at here. The Oilers and the Flames play tonight. And from a statistical standpoint, Calgary looks a little bit better at five on five. But the Oilers lost the first head-to-head meeting here. And we've talked about this a lot so far this season with Brian Blessing, where because you have all of these division games, you don't want to get into a situation where you're losing a lot of games to one team. You know, if a team beats you the first time, you want to get those two points back immediately in that second meeting. So to me, I look at Edmonton tonight, who lost that first game to Calgary 6-4, to and I like the Oilers this evening. You're getting a little bit of a plus price on them out there in the marketplace. The Oilers aren't getting a large volume of scoring chances, but the ones they have gotten have been quality scoring chances. Lots of high-danger scoring chances for the Oilers here so far. And the Flames goaltending, at least by my account, looks like it's been a bit better than anticipated. They rank very highly in high-danger save percentage. I would kind of expect that to drop off a little bit. So I do like the Oilers tonight, where the Oilers do have the Flames at home tomorrow night. So if the Oilers don't win tonight, max effort tomorrow night, to be sure. Uh, They will be favored tomorrow night, as opposed to being the small plus price this evening. But I do think the Oilers are a good look here uh, in tonight's game, and especially tomorrow, if they lose a second straight game to Calgary. We got two outdoor games this weekend, as we discussed on Tuesday with Blessing. Vegas and Colorado is the first one here on Saturday. And this one's pretty interesting because you've got Lake Tahoe as the backdrop and the pictures look absolutely stunning. They're playing on the 18th fairway of a golf course. You got the lake and the mountains back behind. Looks like an absolutely picturesque venue. Uh, Shame that fans won't be available to go. Although I don't know how they would have done that anyway. Um, You know, having to construct temporary stands, something like that. I don't know. But the one thing about Lake Tahoe is it's over 6,000 feet above sea level. So I've got to think that that would benefit the Colorado Avalanche against the Vegas Golden Knights here. It is a one-off. It is a weird environment. Both teams well-rested. Weather seems fine. In fact, it seems almost too sunny uh, with some glare on the ice and all of that for this game. But that is something that is very important to consider is that goaltender depth perception is very tricky in these types of environments. So if you're watching this game, and I would highly recommend watching this game, not only because of the novelty, but also because it's a pretty good matchup between Vegas and Colorado. But if the goaltenders look all out of sorts early on because there's some glare, and they did move up the game time actually for this one because of the sunshine and kind of worrying about the angles of it and all of that, there's probably going to be some good live betting opportunities for this game. Now we'll have to see how the ice is playing and all of that. But if the goaltenders seem to be having issues with glare with, you know, pucks, uh, you know, not being seen, uh, you know, losing it in in reflections and stuff like that. This could be a high scoring track meet type of game. 
And these are two very good offensive teams to begin with. So I think kind of taking a position on the over might not be a bad idea, but also look for some live betting opportunities where the conditions, the atmosphere, the sight lines may really hurt the goaltenders in not only this game, but also Sunday's game as well. Also on Saturday, the Toronto Maple Leafs take on the Montreal Canadiens. And and this one's hockey night in Canada, which is a big deal in Canada. I mean, I'm not Canadian, but I've been a hockey fan my whole life. And, you know, it is a big deal, you know, broadcast across the country. And a lot of people just sort of kind of appointment viewing for the most part in a lot of ways. So here in this one, these two teams just played on hockey night in Canada, not that long ago. And Montreal beat Toronto in Toronto. I would expect the Maple Leafs to be out for road revenge here in this one. And also too, when you look at Montreal here, I think there's some regression in place for this team. Now they are very good and they've only allowed 99 high danger scoring chances this season and only seven high danger goals. That's one of the, that's easily the best mark in the NHL. But with that in mind, their high danger save percentage tops in the league, 89.4%. Toronto is third in the NHL in high danger scoring chances. The Maple Leafs are not good in their own zone, but they are a pretty good offensive bunch. So I would expect Toronto to get some chances here. I am looking for some five-on-five regression for Montreal and also to road revenge coming off of losing in a similar spot here for Toronto. I do like the Maple Leafs on Saturday night in that one. And then lastly here on Sunday, just to key in on this other outdoor game between the Flyers and the Bruins, these two teams are flying out to Lake Tahoe to play this game. And then that's it. They're going to go right back east. And with what the NHL has done here in terms of realigning the schedule, well, you're playing all division games. So these two teams are going to go take that long flight from the East Coast out to Lake Tahoe, play in that elevation, and then come right back home. So really weird spot here for both of these teams. I think maybe you look to fade them in their next games back on the East Coast, just with, you know, such a shock to the system going and playing in this outdoor game and all of that. As far as this game in particular, not really keen on the Flyers right now. You know, coming off of a COVID break of their own, uh, not really playing particularly well offensively. They've got some regression signs in their five-on-five numbers. Kind of like the Bruins a little bit, but again, a very strange spot here, to say the least. And I will look to fade these two teams as they come back home uh, next week. Lastly, we finish up on the college basketball side of the equation here, and We talked about a lot of stuff here this week on ATS Radio with regards to college hoops. Talked about it on Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday. We'll talk about it again here on Friday. And, you know, as we talked about, a week from today, teams have to decide what they're doing in terms of their conference tournaments, in terms of their automatic bids for the NCAA tournament. So we'll start to get some more information on that, hopefully in the early to mid part of next week. Hopefully all these conferences don't wait until the absolute last minute, but it is a possibility that they wind up doing that. We talked on yesterday's show about looking at tempo relative to spreads and not just totals. And St. Mary's did come up short. They were getting beaten by 34 at one point in that game yesterday against Gonzaga wind up losing by 22. I think it was, but don't forget to look at tempo relative to the spread because the slower the game, the harder it is to cover a big number. Gonzaga was able to do it. They're the best team in college basketball, but you know, maybe more difficult for some of the other teams out there to cover big numbers 
with low possession games. So that is something I think is worth keying in on a little bit. And I'm sure we'll talk more about that as we go along here throughout the rest of the regular season and then on into the postseason. I do want to let you know that over at bangthebook.com, I'm still writing over there a little bit, wrote up a preview for Utah Valley and New Mexico State, a game I talked about Monday here on the show and then now previewed on this Friday morning over at bangthebook.com. So you can head out over there and check that preview out and get my thoughts on that game. Some other games of note here for today, Iona and Monmouth, I think is a pretty interesting game because Iona, you know, they came off of a very, very, very long COVID pause against Manhattan, wound up playing a game to 74 possessions, looked pretty good in the process, lost the next game, then played another quick game, 72 possessions against Quinnipiac. Monmouth runs. Monmouth is one of the fastest tempo teams in the country. I think Ken Palm has them fifth, I want to say. So I'm really curious to see here if Iona plays at Monmouth's tempo in this game. If they do, that looks like a live betting opportunity to me. I'm not sure if I will take a pregame position on this one. Want to do some more research on this game. But this is the fourth game in eight days for Iona. Monmouth hasn't played in 13 days. So you wonder about the tempo of this game. You wonder about Monmouth and kind of what their situation is. But so far here, the total's gone up a couple of points from 150 to 152. And Iona is taking a little bit of money up from minus one to minus two, minus two and a half. Could just be a fade of Monmouth off the COVID pause. Could be a buy sign of Iona, you know, having played a few games now to the point where maybe they can kind of get into more of a rhythm. I'm not sure. But I thought that was an interesting one here. Uh, that one, I think, is a 5 o'clock Eastern time tip-off. So not a lot of lead time for those listening to the show day of, but you know, something to watch as you know, Iona keeps playing here in the MAAC. One game I do like for tonight is Akron. They're a four-point favorite at Ball State, so the long trip down to Muncie. And Akron's been terrific at home so far this year. They're 7-0. and They're 30th in the nation in effective field goal percentage offense. Away from home, they're only four and four, but they're still a top 100 team in effective field goal percentage. But what I'm looking at here are a few different things. First, Akron won the first game 74 to 42. So I don't really know why this game would go that much differently for Ball State. Yeah, regression to the mean. They're not going to lose by 32 points, I don't think. But this line's also only Akron minus four. The second thing is that Ball State, they had a random really good showing against Toledo. Other than that, they've had some very ugly losses here recently. They were non-competitive in that game Tuesday night against Bowling Green, a game we talked about on Monday's show, and a game I previewed on Tuesday over at bangthebook.com. I just don't see a reason to like Ball State in this game. Akron, they don't have the greatest numbers on the road, but they have won four of their last five away from home, and their only loss was against Toledo when the Rockets were 13 of 29 from three, Ball State will not shoot like that, I don't think. So I like Akron laying the four here down in Muncie. Another favorite I'm looking at today, St. Peter's, a team that Kyle Hunter and I have discussed a couple of times on ATS Radio, on our handicapping the hardwood shows on Monday. St. Peter's is laying eight against Marist. I understand St. Peter's does not play fast. They are not a particularly efficient offensive team. But Marist is really, really bad. And I think this is a good spot for St. Peter's to have some of that positive regression show up. They are number one in the country in two-point percentage defense. So to cover eight against Marist, it's not like they have to be great offensively, but they are a team that we talked about as being in line 
force some positive regression offensively. They get a lot of shot opportunities at the rim, a lot of high percentage looks for the most part. So I like St. Peter's minus eight here against Marist. And one underdog that I'm looking at tonight is a lean towards Charleston Southern. They're plus four and a half against Longwood. Now we talked about Longwood on Monday's show, and I didn't realize they were making up some of these games against Charleston Southern this week on the road. Those weren't listed on their schedule as of Monday when I took a look. But Longwood is a team with significant home road splits. In fact, up until last night's win over Charleston Southern, they were 1-10 and away from home on the season, and their offensive numbers were dramatically different. So Longwood wins last night. They win by eight, but they were 20 of 59 from the floor, so they still didn't shoot well. They were 23 of 36 at the free throw line. So they were plus 12 points at the free throw line, plus eight in turnovers, plus seven in offensive rebounds, and they only won the game by eight because of their bad road shooting performance that came back to bother them once again. So I kind of like Charleston Southern here tonight, getting four and a half. Charleston Southern is not a good team by any means. But when you look at what happened in last night's game and the fact that Charleston Southern only lost by eight, I think this is a good spot to back them tonight. So Charleston Southern plus four and a half against Longwood. Another look for me here tonight in the college basketball realm. A couple of thoughts here for Saturday. Minnesota's back at home. They take on Illinois. As we know, Minnesota is abominable away from the barn, but in the barn, they've had some nice wins. They can play with just about anybody. We'll see if that holds up taking on Illinois. Illinois probably minus three, minus three and a half, something like that in that game. But we'll see if Minnesota gets any love based off of their home road dichotomy. One play I will look to make here on Saturday, and this is one that Kyle Hunter talked about uh, on Monday's show with a short-term fade of Belmont. And Belmont did not cover last night against Jacksonville State. And I don't think Belmont will cover against Tennessee Tech on Saturday either. Belmont was 0 from 3 in the first half of their game last night. Did come back to beat Jacksonville State 63-59. to But they're going to be laying a monster price here on Saturday against Tennessee Tech. Probably in the 20 range, 20 and a half, 21, something like that. Belmont is still undefeated in conference play. They survived that scare, but this feels a little bit to me maybe, and it is a much different kind of game in the sense that it will, it will be played at a much higher tempo that will allow Belmont the chance to cover a big spread. But you look at Loyola Chicago, for example, coming off of that Drake loss. Now they did lose that game, but then they were a massive favorite against Valpo They weren't engaged. They weren't really focused. They weren't really ready to play. And almost lost that game outright. They only won by two against the Crusaders. Now, I'm not saying that Tennessee Tech will put that kind of scare into Belmont. But Tennessee Tech's going to have a 20-and-a-half or 21-point head start in a game where I really wonder if Belmont is focused and engaged. So I'll take a piece of Tennessee Tech here, getting a big number on Saturday with Belmont in kind of a compromising spot. Lastly here, lots of back-to-backs coming off of the Friday games for the Saturday card. Look for outliers. Look for things that just don't really line up that will regress to the mean, you know, whether it's positive or negative, going into the Saturday games. We've had a lot of this set up already throughout the course of the year. And something else here too, and we talked about this a little bit uh, you know, in passing this week, teams that maybe aren't invested, teams that maybe don't have anything to play for, 
that aren't really excited to play out the string for the rest of this season. If you see a team get blown out on Friday and they're playing a vastly superior team again on Saturday, that may happen again. That may not be statistical outliers or anything like that. That may just be a team ready to pack it in for this season where they're playing a game that they know they can't win. So they just kind of roll over and die. They just kind of cower, get in the fetal position in the corner, so on and so forth. So keep an eye out for that too. You get a blowout on Friday, you could very well get a blowout on Saturday as well because some of these teams just aren't going to be invested in the season anymore. And especially too, if they have some semblance of an idea of what will happen with the conference tournament format, you know, we've talked about already some teams or some conferences, excuse me, are taking fewer teams for their conference tournaments. So keep an eye out for that where you may have teams at the bottom of the barrel that get blown out one night and just go right ahead and get blown out again that second night. So look for the outliers, but also look for those indicators where maybe a team has quit on the season. Coming up on Monday, we'll chat again with Kyle Hunter, professional better and handicapper from huntersportspicks.com. A lot more college basketball coming your way on Monday during our Handicapping the Hardwood segment. That'll do it for me. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. Have a happy, healthy, smart, safe weekend, and I will talk to you again on Monday. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.